welcome to this week's episode of the Outlook by Brooke. Now, we definitely have a lot to cover, so buckle up. Found some interesting things this week, but not only that, a lot of things geopolitically have been very eventful, to say the least. So, I'm going to try to do this as chronologically um, in order as possible, but who knows where this pod will literally take us. So, on the 3rd, we had Russia testing their nuclear capabilities, and they announced that they, the following day, would test their emergency broadcast system, which we already had an emergency broadcast system that was um, testing out on the 4th, and they also said that they would test on the 11th as well. Now, it was um, 2.20, it was supposed to be 4, but it was really 1.20 in my time zone. And, you know, there's a lot of precautions that you can take um, or could have taken. And there were a lot of questions about, like, what is this actually for? Because, like, Starlink said that they were... um, starting up their new satellite launch or new internet capability, something to that effect, like an hour before this EBS was um, due to go off. And I personally didn't necessarily feel like there was enough buildup for this to be the EBS that we have been waiting for. But what did kind of not really sit right with me was something that someone pointed out to me and it was talking about all of the different frequencies that actually come or can come should come with this EBS so you have a possibility of like AM FM radios RC radios um 2G 3G 4G 5G phones um the internet on tvs like all these different things and i'm like well i don't really know how good sending out all those frequencies at one time can actually be for the human body if you're exposed to multiple of them but i also like i don't really worry about because i'm not vaccinated um i definitely did pray over those that are because the graphene oxide that is in a lot of these vaccines. So, just had to pray and give it to God. And made it into a somewhat of a fun experiment for myself. So, this is what I personally did at my home. What I found interesting about it. I decided to be a crazy person. <laughs> who wrapped my phone in foil two layers and just stuck it on my counter, turned it off before I did that. Because there was so much out there about, well, when you turn your phone back on, even if you turn it off during the EBS, it'll still go off once you turn your phone back on. Well, on FEMA's website, it said, you know, for 30 minutes or so after this EBS, the frequencies will still be going out like into the atmosphere. So, I waited like 35-ish minutes after 
the EBS to unwrap my foil and turn it on. And when I did, there was no alert that came through. Although I have seen video evidence of other people who did turn it on, but it was within the 30 minutes and their phone did get the presidential or emergency alert, depending if you have Android or iPhone. So I just found it interesting that like those frequencies obviously did have a time which they stopped emit being emitted or being sent out. So I don't really know what to do with that information just yet, but um, figured I'd share it with y'all. Found it very interesting that um, if you turned your phone on within that certain amount of time that you still would get those alerts. And as soon as those frequencies were done being emitted, you would not get those alerts if you turned your phone off. So if I had to say like in my brain and my speculation like what I get out of that well I feel like when the EBS does come on obviously we have the option to watch the programming that would come from it and listen to what is is coming out or we have the option not to, but after that a lot of time of 10 days of darkness or three days of EBS or whatever it may be, once that time passes, then you can't like, you wouldn't be alerted after that. You know, you chose not to be a part of that moment and listen. That's just kind of what I got from that. Now, on to another topic. Um, since then, we have had McCarthy step down, and when that happens, there's, like, a person that takes over temporarily until they can find a new speaker. Well, this, um, acting speaker, Representative uh, Patrick McHendry, he then has to take the place of McCarthy just for a few days until they find a new speaker, which he actually evicted Nancy Pelosi from her Capitol hideaway office. I found this interesting because it's like we knew somewhere in this um, in this movie that we're watching. <laughs> that we would see more of Pelosi. And she went and did a conference and um, basically kind of like called out Patrick McHenry and was like, I know what you do in the basement of the Capitol with Lindsey Graham. And I don't know if that was, like, alluding to, like, drugs or if that was alluding to, like, sexual acts. But either way, um, I do feel like the people that listened to that were probably really confused and really wanted an answer to what that meant. So, maybe a little bit of disclosure for that will be in the future. But even if not, um, at least people's minds are being opened that... There's more that goes on in the Capitol than what we really even realize. Now, 
we do need a new speaker and um, a couple people, including uh, Matt Gates, have said that they wanted um, President Trump to take that role. Well, the week before, Trump did a uh, one of his little... I don't know if it was a rally or if it was a press conference or something, but he alluded to the, to within five months we will get rid of or replace or something to the effect like the Biden regime would go down and we would take our country back within five months, which is another thing that would be said in in that would make people think, make people wonder, what What do you mean five months? What's in five months? We don't vote until, like, November. So what is in five months? That leads us to about February, mid to end of February. Um, so what's going to happen between now and February, you know? Because I want to say when he said that, it was the end of September. So you have October, November, December, January, February. Five months. I actually think that he was telling us, like, comms-wise, like, he's communicating to us that something big is going to happen between now and February where we're not even looking at the same situation that we're looking at today. That we'll be winning, finally. Now, that's just my take on it. You guys can take it how you want. But then um, Trump also said that he would like to accept the nomination for speaker if it was what was best for the U.S. and for the people of the U.S. So tomorrow's the 10th, and that's when they should be meeting to choose a new House speaker. Trump is supposed to be in D.C. We'll see how that goes. But on that end, that is um, where we're at. And nightly uh, NBC News did say, um, they like mentioned the calm before the storm back in 2017 on October 5th. So the fact that on October 5th, they're saying, hey, Trump should be the Speaker of the House, it was almost like a delta, you know? It was just kind of interesting. Something that, I don't know, it's funny, like, you think about your life right now, and you're like, oh, where will I be in a year? Where will I be in five years? Well, this is, like, on a completely different scale, but same concept. Now, Biden wants to cancel out $9 billion of student loans. I mean, he just loves screwing up um, all of the income and output of our economy. Now, I'm not saying, like, don't do for the American people. But if you realize how much money that we actually give away in foreign aid with nothing in return to it, it's like, oh, yeah, you, you probably could be doing more for your citizens. Like, whatever. So then we see, like, tr- certain troops in Ukraine are surrendering. So that was 
um, really interesting because that war just seems like it's wrapping up. And we have seen um, a new war kind of form. Now, this war has been very escalated very quickly. I want to remind you guys that they, Israel is basically like famous for their Iron Dome. Their systems in which like detect missiles and do away with them for lack of better words. So basically this was an infiltrated attack. Some people are saying they literally parachuted it in. And this is quite literally a biblical war. So, for those of you that say, like, oh, there's always not been peace in the Middle East. Oh, we just signed a peace treaty. For those of you that even say, like, that you just simply don't understand what's going on. Israel is basically, like... um, They are divided into, like, little subsections. Some are Jewish and some are Muslim. And the Jewish people have always said, like, we'll give the Muslim people their sector of land if they just actually recognize us as Jews and peacefully. And they don't want to. So, this is like a, a culmination of you know, all of these different religions who don't agree with one another and choose to do so with force. Now, I've seen a lot of stuff on TikTok about what people are experiencing in Israel. Um, And honestly, it is really, really sad. I've seen some of the content that's been on MSM. Like, since when does mainstream media pick up footage of wars anyways? When do they broadcast on that? Because how much did we actually hear about what was going on in Ukraine? How much footage did we see then? But now we're seeing naked women who have literally been raped, kids that have been killed. Like, I don't know. It's just quite overwhelming. And for me, it took a lot of thought and research to even wrap my head around, like, how this connects back to us, right? Now, Joe Biden did give $6 billion to Iran, and that's where Hamas comes in. And Hamas is the Muslims that refuse to recognize the Jews, from what I'm understanding, Hamas is formerly known as ISIS and other things. It's, it's a terrorist group. And they are the ones that have invaded. But now they have some of the weapons that we left behind in Afghanistan. They have the money that we gave Iran. They, like, they didn't build schools and hospitals. They literally funded terrorism. That's what they did with it. And... um So, we have always been allies with Israel. To see how this will go in the next week or two weeks, 
I don't see a point in which we won't get involved or we can't get involved. Because literally we have been funding the, the terrorists who are terrorizing our ally. Now, if you guys don't know anything about funding wars, the Rothschilds figured it out a long time ago. If you fund both sides, you make a lot of money. And that is all that they're concerned about. Well, the Rothschilds actually did found a lot of things in Israel. The Rothschilds banking did strongly affect our modern U.S. banking. It's possible that it's funded on both sides. Yet again, another war. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the documentary um, A Rich Man's Game. Um, I think YouTube has taken it down like ridiculous amount of times, but I found it on BitChute one day and I watched it and it sheds light on a lot of things about like how the control of the elites works and the monetary and how they fund both sides of the war and stuff like that. So if you guys have like a couple hours to watch an interesting documentary, definitely recommend that one. But um, back to what's going on in Israel. Hamas is now saying that they are actually going to execute civilians that they have as hostages live on air via television or Facebook Live or whatever. Um, if any of their soldiers are injured or hurt. And as, you know, really leader of of Israel, Netanyahu has responded basically saying that if this happens, if it escalates any further, he will take out Damascus. Damascus will be reduced to a heap of rubble. And if you guys do not understand at this point how biblical it is, it talks about Damascus no longer being a city reduced to rubble in the Bible. So this is quite literally like Bible prophecy we're seeing right in front of our face, revealing right in front of our eyes. So it's insane how many historical events that we have lived through in the last three years and potentially in the next three more. But these are literally like the times that we are called to live in. We are the chosen generation, the last generation. And this is something like we couldn't go back and ask like our grandparents, our great grandparents, like, what did you do when such and such happened? Because we were living through things that other people never had to experience, you know? Now, Israel is actually in the Q-drops. Um, it says we are saving Israel for last. And that is Q-drop 916. So, um, also Q-drop 2337 
says Israel Israel intelligence stand down. Media assets will be removed. Q. So I do believe that whether you guys want to say like, oh, Project Looking Glass is a real thing. You could see into the future, see what happens. Or if you want to say that like these things are pre-planned, look at it however you want. Some people are saying a lot of it is CGI. It already happened. I am not boots on the ground, so I cannot tell you. But I can say that this is actually extremely biblical, what we are going through. Like, in so many ways, not even just this Israel junk. But Israel does have some cleaning up that needs to happen. Like, just not including this war that's broke out. I'm talking about the amount of CIA, Mossad, MI6 agents that we have, like... Maxwell, Jelaine Maxwell, and um, Jeffrey Epstein, they actually worked um, as spies for the CIA, for Israel, for for all of it. And they were like triple spy. And that's how they made a lot of money. They also made a lot of money supplying young, beautiful children to politicians. But that's a different story for a different day. Um, there was a couple things that I've seen recently that are very concerning, personally, I think, um, for us here in America, that these middle-aged men that have been coming across the border for, like, three years now, not middle-aged, I'm sorry, fighting-aged men, like, um, like, I don't know. 19 through like 35 okay we're not talking about weak guys we're not talking about um families children's wives we're talking about grown men having coming across the border here and they basically have this un card so they're literally fighters that are soldiers of the un they're getting paid weekly to live here, and basically, they're going to get a call one day where to go to pick up their uniform and their gun. We're seriously being infiltrated, and it's not just happening in this country, because people in other countries have said that they're having very similar experiences. It's just not as noticeable, I guess. The infiltration is not as noticeable in other countries. And it does seem like the UN does want to take us over. So, I've always personally been a believer of, like, the right to bear arms. I never really envisioned a day where us being an arm-bearing country would possibly come to this. But we definitely will have to protect ourselves. 100% and and being that they said that they're saving Israel for last we can't go and fight on that front if we have to fight on this front as well if that is what it comes down to it's it's impossible and so I definitely say like definitely be praying be in the word be you know be prepared for whatever's coming next because I do feel like whatever's coming next is huge and I don't want to be 
like, for lack of better words, like, caught with my pants down. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be prepared with my family. I want to be prepared physically, spiritually, mentally. Um, there's a couple other small things that I wanted to include in today's pod. Let me see. Oh, we did have NASA saying that they want to fire three rockets at the Ring of Fire um, on Saturday the 14th. We are having a eclipse. And that's what they're wanting to send rockets to. Does not seem like a good idea, personally. Don't think it is. But... We shall see if they actually do, if they actually get clearance. I know that they said that they wanted to. Something about measuring sound waves and whatever. Whatever. North Korea is actually verbally blaming the U.S. now for the crisis in the Middle East. And um, they have long blamed us for other many things, but it seems like those tensions could possibly escalate. Um, and I wanted you guys to realize, too, we have had a massive amount of earthquakes worldwide. Like, I can't even tell you. It's literally, like, hundreds at this point within the last week. And they're not... not just small earthquakes. Some of them are very, very serious. Also, there is a list that I came across of um, senators and representatives that hold dual citizenship, which I don't know if you guys know this, but um, Kamala Harris does share dual citizenship with her father's country, her father's birthing country. I forget what it is. I think it's um one of the Caribbean countries. When you have a kid, they automatically grant them uh, citizenship. So she owns, she has dual citizenship. Um, but it's, here. I'll read the list out to you guys. And I'm sure if y'all are curious enough, you will listen through this next two minutes of me reading off these names, but it's a lot. So hold, hold tight. Um, Richard Blumethal, I guess that's how you pronounce it. That's of Connecticut. Barbara Boxer, California. Um, Benjamin Cardin, Maryland. Diane Feinstein, California. R.I.P. her. Um, Al Franken, Minnesota. Herb Cole, Wisconsin. Frank Lautenberg, New Jersey. Joseph Lot Lieb Liebman Lieberman, um, Connecticut, Carl Levin, Michigan, Bernie Sanders, uh, Vermont, Charles Schumer, New York, Ron Wyden, Oregon, Michael Bennett, um, Colorado. Those are the senators. Now, the House of Reps is longer, it's Gary Ackerman, New York. Shelley Berkeley, Nevada, Howard Berman, California, Eric Cantor, Virginia, David Ciceline, maybe is how you pronounce that, but that's of Rhode Island, 
Stephen Cohen, Tennessee, Susan Davis, California, Ted Deutsch, Florida, Elliot Engel, New York, Bob Filner, California, Barney Frank, Massachusetts, Gabrielle Guilford, Arizona, Jane Harmon, California, Steve Israel, New York, Sanders Levin, Michigan, Nita Lowey, Lowey, however you want to pronounce that, New York, Gerald Nadler, New York, Jared Paulus, Colorado, Steve Rothman, New Jersey, John Shakowski, Illinois, Allison Schwartz, Pennsylvania, Adam Schiff, California, Brad Sherman, California, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Florida, Henry Waxman, California, Anthony Weiner, or Weiner, however you pronounce that one, New York, and John Yarmouth, Kentucky. So, you know, I have always personally believed that if you guys have dual citizenship, you should not be able to have a political career. Because your allegiance is for more than one country. And how can you serve a country fully if your heart is not invested fully in that one country? Now, if it is, like say you were born here. And like like a situation like Kamala Harris. You were born here and your parents from another country. So they automatically grant you dual citizenship. But you grew up here. It's your whole life. It's all you know. And you have no need for that extra citizenship. And you want a political career. Why not put like a 10 year time cap on it? Give up your citizenship. Live with one citizenship for 10 years. And then go ahead and run in politics. But if you can't give up one of your citizenships to be able to give your loyalty 100% to one country. Then you literally have no business even being in politics and it surprises me how many people have dual citizenship and are in our political game now if you ever wonder why they aren't so faithful to the american people maybe that's why so guys i know this has been a lot tonight it's a lot for you guys to take in i appreciate every single thing that y'all find that y'all send me um It's going to be a crazy week. Buckle up. Protect yourself. Do a lot of praying. If you ain't right with the Lord, get right with the Lord. And I will talk to you guys next Monday. As always, you guys can follow me on Truth Social and Instagram.